Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And I really hope that you liked my last two shows. I did podcasts with Michael Gibson and Lance Cole, and they were from my Academy for Men, uh, which has to do with, uh, you know, how men see things and how men need to be trained because no one ever taught them anything and we expected them to know everything. So I hope that you enjoyed them. They had a little different flair. And, uh, and today we're back on track in terms of uh, my regular way that I do the show. And so it'll be back and forth now. So you can expect that in the future, I'm going to have some new and different spins on sex and happiness. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject which may be near and dear to many of you. It may actually be the reason that you listen to the show or start listening to this show in the first place. And uh, that subject is called the hopeless marriage. Like what happens when one partner is completely done and the other partner still has hope? And it may not be a marriage. It could be a relationship, a long-term relationship. Uh, But in any case, I think you know what I'm talking about. When you're either you or your partner are done and then the other person is still holding on clinging to the to the idea that it could work and i have an expert on the show today his name is larry balata and larry was unhappily married for 27 years and he used to refer to his marriage as hell and then he discovered some keys to help him shift transform and make his marriage a safe haven And now he's been married for over 40 years. And today he teaches his discoveries to thousands of couples. He believes to save a marriage, it only takes one person. So that's a hell of an optimist. So Larry, (laughs) welcome to Sex and Happiness. Thanks for having me on, Lori. Yeah, what a pleasure. What a pleasure that you think that it only takes one person. That's like amazing. Uh, th- there's uh, there's reasons uh, why it only takes one, and yeah. uh, and we'll get into that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so how um, you, you know how you grew up? Did you grow up believing that marriage, you know, in marriage as an ideal? How did you how did you get to be somebody who, you know, failed at marriage and then succeeded at marriage? Like, who were you growing up? What did you believe in? Well, well, in line with what you uh, uh, explain uh, yeah. to to us. Um, we know nothing because our parents uh, get, they give us messages <laughs> and they give us messages in thousands of ways. Mm-hmm. And these messages are not m- just memories. These messages are literally messages that go into the mind and they stay literally for a lifetime. And so we have, you know, uh, the psychology community calls it programming, but that's not a particularly useful word. Uh, a better word is messages because that's what they are. The messages come in through uh, 
uh, all kinds of uh, events in the 53,000 hours that you're awake in those first 10 years, uh, those messages come in 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 thousands of ways from your mother and your father. And so all of their struggles, all of their heartaches, all of their losses, all of their fears, all of the stuff that they have, they put into you in those messages. And that's quite a collection, but it's all in your mind. Now, we believe that we just have memories and then we forget them. And then we believe they're not there anymore. And they're of no effect on us. But that's absolutely not the case. The messages are there. And so what happens is in the teen years, you're rebelling and testing things. And then in your 20s, you're at the peak of your life. And at the peak of your life, you feel like indestructible. And then after you get into your 30s, you start to weaken. And as you start to weaken, the messages from those first 10 years, they start to strengthen. If you could picture that, your life force is weaker compared to your 20s, but the messages of your parents are stronger, and they're getting stronger with time, 31, 35, 37, 40, 42, right? All those years, the messages are getting stronger. And so what I've seen when people are married is uh, you have what I call a bucker, uh, like a bucking bronco. And what they do is they fight their parents' messages. They fight them. And they go, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that, right? But the messages are pushing for expression in the person, and they're pushing and pushing and pushing, and the bucker is fighting, saying, no, I'm not going to be like my father. No, I'm not going to be like my mother, <laughs> or whatever they're going to say. And, uh, and, and so they keep on doing that. And what they're doing is they're living a life that's a fight, and it's exhausting. Because what a bucker has to do is that when the, when the message comes, they have to say, no, stop. Then they have to say, I'm not doing that. Then they have to say, this is what I'm doing instead. They have to do that little cycle again and again and again for 10, 20, 50, 20, whatever number of years. Mm -hmm. And so you can see what's coming. The person who has to carry that load in a marriage has to be in a dynamic with a person who is different than them, got different messages than they have. And what this person is doing as a bucker is they're resisting the messages of their childhood home. So they fight and fight and fight and fight. And then one day there's a death in the family. Uh, Father dies, mother dies, brother dies, uh, big move, a loss of some kind. And all of a sudden they can't fight anymore. They literally snap. And when they do, that's called the midlife crisis because they go into a crisis. Why? Because they have to. They have to go into a crisis. Why? Because they're no longer able to resist the messages. And so the messages come. Now, let's talk about what the messages are. Well, there's thousands of messages. And these messages are very, very simple, and they're very, very small. And so... uh, Like what? You're worthless is a message. You're worthless. You're not good enough. You're too much. You're not good enough. Uh, You're not worth it. Right. Um, I don't like you. Who do you think you, you don't are? matter. Got it. Right. Those are, those are the messages. Now, mm-hmm. they're very small. And when you put them in the words, uh, they, like, they look like, like nothing. But their message is in the mind. That's where they are. They're in the mind. And in the mind, they come and get you. And so that's what happens to the midlife crisis person. They come and they become so strong, they literally take over the personality. And so what you'll hear to people who are married to midlife crisis people they say, this is not the woman I married. Mm. This is not the man I married. This is a completely different person. And so what is that completely different person? 
a person who has become what the messages require them to be. Mm. That they've been fighting all those years. They become what the messages require them to be. And, and they've so, just lost their strength. So I have a question. I can't fight it anymore. I have a question for you here. So is this, so, so they were getting along with the person up until this point. Is this yes. when the marriage, this is when the marriage starts to break down? Because it has to collapse because a new personality has entered it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And it's terrifying for the person who's staying because you think about the person who's staying, who's not having a midlife crisis. This person is thinking, hey, this is my life. My husband is great. My wife is great. And uh, it's just wonderful. I'm happy. I wanted to stay that way. And so when this midlife crisis character shows up, they don't have a marriage anymore. They don't have that person anymore. They don't have the routines and the life and the stability and the birthdays and the, the Christmases. They don't have it anymore. It literally all disappears. Suddenly, like within weeks in some cases. It sounds like um <laughs> it sounds like the need for Prozac. I'm only kidding. I'm not <laughs> I'm not into prescribed drugs very much, but um uh it sounds like yeah, a midlife crisis and you're saying that either partner could have this. Yes. So it and was, here's no we we, we could talk about but it's not hell all the way through. It isn't hell like when I gave your when I talked about you, I said you were unhappily married for twenty seven years. So did that happen in the How did that happen? Did that happen in the beginning, or did that? So here's here's a, here's what we what, uh, when we're talking about. Uh, let's go back to marriage. Yeah. Uh, what happened is Marsha hated my parents' value system, oh. <laughs> and she was very strong willed, and she believed in a plan. Her plan was. I'm going to forcefully rip your value system out of you and change it into mine. And that's what made my life hell. Yeah. Because I, I was married to a woman who was forcing me to lose my parents' values. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was just a real, just super nightmare. I wasn't prepared for it. Um, but what kept us together was, was the message that you need to stay married and miserable with both her parents were and my parents were. They believed you stay married and miserable. That was their belief system. That was their message. And so we had the message and it held us in place. So uh, I have, just have to tell you, I mean, it doesn't sound super promising. It sounds like, it sounds like hell. That's right. It, it, it is hell. Uh, so what's the value of hell? The value of hell is what you can learn and what you can become under the pressure of hell. That's the value of it. Okay. But most people don't stay for the learning. They, they run away. Well, yeah. I stayed for the learning because I had to, because the message kept me there. I understand. Um, I just want to say, I mean, what I, my experience is when people run away, everywhere they go, there they are. So like they create yes. the same thing with another person. They create the same exact relationship over and over and over again until they move through something. Whether it's and, and, why, and why do they bring themselves with them? Because they're taking the messages in their mind with them, yes. which they don't know are there. But we don't always meet somebody who wants to totally change our value system. No, I mean, that's, an extreme, that's an extreme situation that Marcia was. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I, a lot of women try to, I mean, I think that's more of a woman thing. When I hear what you're saying about her, and I'm not making her into any kind of demon or anything, 
um, when I hear uh, what you said about her, I think, yeah, there are a lot of women I know who see a man and decide that he's a project. Yes. And that he, yes, that's, that's a very common, that's a very common thing. Exactly. And, uh, and what I'm, what I'm illustrating with Marsha is she was an extremely determined person mm -hmm. who hated my parents' values. My father was a gambler and my mother was an alcoholic. They were both narcissists. And so she hated all of that. Mm -hmm. And she was determined to rip that out of me. Got it. By force. <laughs> by literally using behavior. And so that was very, very hard on me. It was very, very hard on her. But it was a fantastic learning environment for me. Yeah. It's amazing that you live to talk about it. <laughs> well, we're gonna Yeah, well there was a lot to learn. Yeah. We're gonna take a short break here and then we're gonna talk about the learnings. Because I, I think this is, you know, what you're describing here is not necessarily only particular to marriage. I think it's particular to any relationship. There's a yeah. lot of people who find, find partners and friends that they want to go to town on. And um, yeah. or, or people who just like, I love you, but I don't understand why I love you because you're so different from me and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of gold to be mined here. So we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll find out about the learnings. So this is Laurie Handlers. You're listening to Sex and Happiness. I am interviewing Larry Bellotta today, and Larry survived the hell of a relationship and lived to learn and tell us about it and teach others about how to survive and how to um, maybe even flourish in a in a long-term relationship so we're going to come back and we're going to mine some gold stay tuned did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright that you don't need to earn it or prove it you just need to live it i'm personally inviting you to the path of true love power and freedom if you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, 
Emotionally and Spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers, only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to butterflyworkshops.com. That's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handler's on the Sex and Happiness Show. We are back with Sex and Happiness. And again, today I'm speaking with Larry Bellotta. And so far, very interesting. Larry's telling us about his relationship and how people have these messages from their parents' value systems that show up. Larry, I just want to tell you that a long time ago when I was in a particular long-term relationship, my partner and I thought that when we argued, four people were arguing, actually six people were arguing, he and I were arguing, and then my parents were arguing with his parents. Yeah, very good, very like good. six puppets in the room, he and I being the main two puppets, and then the other four being our parent puppets that were also at the table. So, yes, and... Uh, did that, knowing that help you? Yes, actually it did from time to time. It, it didn't save us because there was programming. The programming that you're talking about or whatever you said, psychologists call it that. The messages that you're talking about uh, in him were, were too strong. There were a few things that couldn't be changed and I couldn't live with them. So I left and I didn't get in another relationship for over 10 years. Hmm. Like I'm, I'm in relationship now, which is the first time I've been in relationship in uh, like what I call a serious relationship with serious contenders in, in the ring. Um, (laughs) I've, we've, uh, this has been like almost four years that we've been together and it, I wasn't in anything prior to that for maybe 15 years. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't anywhere I I wanted to put my toes in again. 
Yeah, I, I mean, and I got a lot of lessons. What you're saying is so true. I got a lot of lessons, and it was enough to chew on for a long time. <laughs> so, so tell us how to mine some of the gold. So what is the gold? Uh, the gold is uh, what we need in our life to be happy is we need a sense of uh, being able to control our environment. Mm. And that's what I call them. I call them environment changers. That's what these people are. They're environment changers. The contrast is pinballs. Pinballs are very reactionary people. They react to everything that's going on. And they love it. They have to stay reaction to what's going on, and they can't turn it off. And so when you live like a pinball, you're constantly reacting to what's happening out there in the world. And so that's what really takes up all of your time. That takes up all of your, your energy. Uh, being a pinball is uh, really being out of control. So that's where we normally are born in the pinball world. We're pinballs until we become what I call an environment changer. So an environment changer is a person who realizes that I don't want to be this bouncing reactionary person anymore. I don't want to live like this bouncing reactionary person. I don't want to live like that. I want to change my environment. And so this is the beginning of that gold you're talking about, the ability to change the environment of your mind. That's mm. the environment changer. When you change the environment of your mind, you're now going to where the messages are. The messages are in the mind. But we don't understand the mind. The mind is vast. The subconscious mind is vast. We really can't comprehend it. So uh, I like to give some basic instruction about the subconscious mind. Uh, a real simple idea. Um, when you were 16, you learned to drive. And when you started to learn to drive, you were um, giving your body instructions that were all new to you. And you were giving it instructions again and again and again and again. Where was that where the instructions were going? They were going into the subconscious mind. And finally, with so many repetitions, you can now have a conversation with somebody uh, while you're driving and not even know where you're going because the subconscious mind is driving the car. And so now that we know the subconscious mind can take a set of instructions with a lot of repetition and then literally put it into place, that's the principle that we have hope for because now I can start to change the content of my subconscious mind. And that's the idea that really starts to free you because I want to go to where the messages are and I want to change the messages into my messages. And that's something that most people, they, they don't normally do this consciously. They don't do this as a conscious plan. I'm going to go in and change the messages in my mind. They don't do that. Because they're living a, a pinball lifestyle, and they can't do anything else. So, um, you know, I have a course called uh, The Environment Changer, and uh, it's a community of people who are doing what I'm teaching, learning what I'm teaching, and teaching each other. And, uh, and they all have one thing in common. They have a troubled midlife crisis spouse. That's what they all have in common. Mm. And so what that midlife crisis spouse does is they give the role of pain provider. And what is a pain provider? That's a person who dishes out pain so that you have enough motivation to learn. And so all the people that are in my course, they have that all in common. They all are in the pain of wanting to keep the person that's this crisis person because they see the person as they really are. That's what the gift of these people who are uh, in these uh, marriages, they're in these relationships, that they don't want to lose this person who's in all this trouble. 
and so they want to keep them even though they're so broken they want to keep them so why because they see the person as they really are so would you call this seeing the person as they really are unconditional love um that's the beginning of unconditional love that's just the beginning mm -hmm. uh, because to love without conditions uh there's a whole bunch of things that you have to really uh, put into your mind uh, and your soul to really be unconditional. Uh, that's a that's a really advanced form of love. That yeah, uh, it is. Right? I mean, people have to people have to go years to learn that. To stay with somebody who's broken or somebody who's so chaotically, um, who's wreaking such pain on you. I mean, I don't, so I, I also, I mean, I don't believe that in victimhood, like I don't believe there are any victims. I feel like I, in a certain way, I feel like anything that happens to us, uh, we can make, we can make lemonade out of, you know, like yeah. that life dishes out lemons and we can make lemonade out of it. And, you know, most times we can stay in the situation or what have you, or many times we can, but in our culture, we're very trigger happy. So we're very litigious and we're also very divorce prone. Um, people trade in their spouses and get a new version and trade in their spouses. But when they do that, they've, they're in the same, they, they usually repeat the same exact problems over and over again. Second marriages have, I think have, have almost as high a divorce rate as, first marriages so so and and, and Lori, let's just think about the uh, the reason why the marriage ends and the next marriage has to happen yeah because they don't know about their messages they don't know what they are they don't know where they are so okay. they're going to be reactionary pinball people and they're going to have to keep on moving through relationships because they don't learn they're just not ready to learn there's mm -hmm. some people that just are not ready to learn there are other people who are ready to learn they're ready to stop slow down and say wait a minute why is this happening to me and they really want to know so those are the people that I look for to be environment changers because they're mentally in their minds they're ready to be learners of how do I change the environment of my mind and it's not and it's not about the pain provider spouse the person in the midlife crisis that person's job is to provide enough pain to keep this person in the learning mode motivated to learn and motivated to apply what they're learning that's what the job of the pain provider is and so i said your husband your wife is no longer your husband or wife why stop thinking of them as your husband or wife because this personality that's taken them over that makes them not your husband or wife that means all the things you knew with this personality are not here anymore and so you want to remember what is the role of this person now? This person that was my husband, this person that was my wife. What's the role now? Pain provider. Because a pain provider supplies enough pain for you to really want to learn. So, and without that person, you will not learn anything. Hmm. You will not. And that's why runners run, who run away don't learn anything. Because they're busy running away because the messages they carry with them is going to govern the next relationship. And they're not going to learn that because they're not ready to learn. And so, that's not a you know bad thing. That's just some, some that's where they are. I have some questions. So it's okay. a nice, I mean, what what I'm hearing you say, you know, about the pain providers, it's a nice reframe. You know, I get that, and then I think to myself, but in some circumstances, 
it's better to run away quick. I mean, I just think that like if somebody's well, being, definitely I, in violence, you have to run away. Right. If someone's being violent, whether it's uh, physical violence or emotional violence, there is. Well, the, the police are not called in for emotional violence. They're called in for physical violence. Right. 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 But for emotional violence, uh, the police are not called. And so that's the big question. Can you survive emotional violence? And uh, if you're not changing the environment of your mind, you're not going to survive emotional violence and you're going to have to run away. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to. I get it. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard call. I mean, what you're posing here, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's a, it's a tough call. Um, like I find myself, my stomach's getting tight. <laughs> as, as yes. And I'm going like, God, would I stay? Um, yeah, well, there are some friendships that I've stayed in that have been pain providers. Um, yes. There are friendships that I've been in for over 20 years that there are two, I have two best friends that I fought with and didn't talk to for years. And they're in my life still. I love and adore them. And there's always that memory of when we were crazy, you know, when, <laughs> when it didn't, when it really, but was it worth it? Yeah. I wouldn't want to lose them for all the, you know, for anything. So I, I understand. See, see, you're, de you're describing why these people stay. I often threaten to write a book, chaos kids and the women who love them, chaos kids and the men who love them. <laughs> right? What is it about these people? What, right? But you, you actually, when you express this friend idea, uh, you know, I love them dearly. Uh, although it was, they were very, very hard to be with. Uh, what is it that you did? You took stock and said, uh, "There's a whole bunch of goods in this relationship, and there's a there's a, a group of pains. And can I live with the pain?" Can I somehow live with the pains of this relationship? Mm. You made the calculation and you said yes. Uh, and then I you took a break. Moved, but I also moved away for a while. You know, like yes, I, you moved away. You took a break. One yes. of them I had took a break for seven years. And one of them I took a break for, I don't know, a couple of years. But, as but soon, there was something you needed from those relationships. Yeah, and I still do. Yes. And so, so that's what you, you make that calculation. There is something I need from this relationship. Yeah. You know, when a relationship ends, it ends because the thing I needed is not here anymore. And the relationship is now over. The thing I needed is not here anymore. That's a simple ending of the relationship. And we can talk about the mechanics of how the relationship ends. And the mechanics of how the relationship ends is uh, the clash of the value systems. And mm. so this is the, actually the clash of the messages. So uh, the example I use is uh, a husband comes home and he has a value, a message in him. says, when I come home from work, I want to watch TV and relax. And then his wife has a message in her. When you come home from work, you need to make my life easier. <laughs> now that's a clash. Right. Right. And that's a very classic one, right? But there's hundreds of them. There's yes. hundreds of clashes. Sure. And so when you look at the clashes, what you're looking at, and, and after having gone through 40-plus years of this with Marsha, uh, I've analyzed the clashes in detail and what they're made of, and the message is in my mind. The message is in my mind. So, for example, my father uh, was um, a guy who wanted to go to the racetrack and play the horses, and he wanted to go whenever he wanted to go. 
and he didn't want anybody to stop him, and his life was his own. Okay, well, that's a, that's a message. How'd that message come in? Well, he behaved it out, and it got in me. So when I got into this marriage with Marsha, I had my father's message. You should be able to do what you want when you want to make yourself happy. Now, how'd Marsha like that? <laughs> well, I, I mean, she didn't I, like that at all. I would call that a sovereign being. But well, yeah, that's a sovereign being. That's a sovereign being. But I wasn't going to get that cooperation from Marsha. Marsha would not say, oh, you're being a sovereign being, right? right? She would not say that. Why? Because she was raised by a mother and father who owned a house, who worked in that house, who repaired that house, maintained that house, and that's what their whole life was about, mm. house maintenance. Now, so, I grew up in an apartment, right? and my parents were not involved in anything, fixing anything, right. not maintaining anything. And so I didn't want to know anything about house ownership, had no interest in house ownership, but I married a, literally a house-obsessed person. <laughs> you see, here's another clashing value right there. I don't want to mow the lawn. I don't want to rake leaves. I don't want to fix the window because I'm a, I'm a sovereign being. I don't want to do that, and I'm not because my father didn't. So that is the message. And so this is the... Uh, so, so what has to happen when Marsh is providing this pain for me? What am I going to do with the pain she's providing me? Is she the problem out there or is the problem in here with what's happening to me? Mm. That's mm. the big question that the environment changer has to ask and keep on answering. Mm -hmm. Is this me? What's, what's in me? Or is this you out there? Are you the problem? Do I got to get rid of you or do I have to change what I value and what I, what I intend and what I want and what I choose. And can I learn? Can I learn from this? And what am I learning from this? So these are the questions the environment changer asks that the pinball doesn't ask. So the pinball I, doesn't want to do anything but run. So I have run to the next thing. A few questions. So what did you change about yourself? So one of the things I learned is that uh, about a thing called against energy, against energy. That was a huge discovery to me back in the 80s. Um, against energy is when you are against anything. Mm -hmm. You're against anybody who's got a different idea than you, anybody who makes your life inconvenient, anybody that makes uh, you, know, you uncomfortable, anybody who's mean to you. This, this is against energy. You are against whatever is bothering you. When you are against anything that is bothering you, you are filled with against energy. Okay, so against energy turns out to be the creator of all human sorrow. All human sorrow is from against energy. Mm. Now, ironically, the world loves against energy. They love to be against the other team, the other town, the other political party, the other school, the other person, the other right. They love to be against because right. it gives them a, a feeling of, uh, of a, a rush of, of a high. Uh -huh. And so they love to be against, and they're not going to give up being against. They're fighting mad, mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore, right? right? That's against energy. So I learned that against energy was a state in my mind that I got into, and it controlled me. Mm -hmm. And the moment I was possessed by against energy, all of my focus went from in here to out there. Sure. Out there was the threat. Out there was the danger. Out there. 
And out there was the physical world out there. And it doesn't matter what it was. You know, the other driver, the wife, the kid, the whatever it is. Right. Right. Against energy possesses me and makes me do things for, for survival. Mm-hmm. And so I lose my free choice when I'm f- filled with against energy. So um, I've, I've uh, developed this uh, four steps of this little analogy I call the ocean and the beach. So the ocean is the uh, ocean of against energy. That's what we're born into, and we're all born into against energy. I'm angry, I'm hungry, I'm tired, uh, I'm irritated, I'm against this, I'm against that, right? So we're born into against energy. Our parents are against, against energy, and that's how we handle everything, through against energy. And so we don't even know we're in an ocean. But is it Atlantic, Pacific, Indian Ocean, doesn't matter what ocean you're in, there's sharks. And because there's sharks everywhere in the ocean, you're always in danger of against energy. And so what we want to do is we want to get onto the beach where there are no sharks. So to get onto the beach, we want to go through four steps, and I can talk about that. Well, um, But that's, that's for a person who really wants to move towards this environment changer way of life. All right. Well, this is a really interesting stuff. I mean, to me, I like I have a different frame on these things, but I understand what you're talking about. You know, like I, my frame is one, what you resist persists. So if you're against all the time, then everything you're against everything and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the other part is like the reptilian brain, which thinks there's a bear everywhere. You have it as sharks. Yeah. But it's the amygdala. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's about, uh fear and uh yeah fear and survival and then we can and it's possible to grow out of that and it sounds like you've 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 uncovered a four-step system for growing getting out of survival into like living (laughs) you know like living other than other than being uh primitive so um, yeah so that sounds great. So we need to take a break here. When we come back, we don't have too much time, but we'll have a little time. Maybe you could give us one of the steps or you could rattle okay. off the four steps and I can ask you a question about those and then we can we can see because th- that would be great tips for the listeners. Really, really great tips for my listening audience. So let's see. We'll take a break. You consider uh, that we'll have about 10 minutes. And uh, and and see what 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 that kind of time can produce. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you just tuned in again, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Larry Bellata, and this is a really interesting show. Larry's got a new frame on really how relationships uncover. Uh, either that you're in survival and you're just running or swimming, you know, in the ocean or running away, or you're taking them as what Ramdas long ago called grist for the mill, like you're using it to churn and open up something much bigger than survival, some way of actually really living. So that's my interpretation. So I, I like it, and um, we'll be right back, and we'll find out some steps about how you can, how you can get on to what Larry calls the beach. Sexual healing, baby. It's good for me. 
So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too. Meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say Lori Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S for Men. You're listening to Sex and Happiness. And again, I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. I am speaking today with Larry Balada. And Larry, I mean, this is the segment where I, I want to tell people how to get in touch with you. And, you know, if they're in this a marriage like this, how can they call you? But before I, I, we say that, one, I want to know, how's your track record? Aside from you and, and Marsha, how are the people, the people that are in your support group, how are they doing? Are, are, uh, so I have, I have a women's group and I have a men's group. Okay. And they don't talk to each other uh, because these people are in fragile marriages and right. I don't want them talking to the opposite person, the opposite right. gender. And so the, the women support each other and help each other and the men support each other and help each other. And, and so they're what not, they're doing is they're... Wait, are they in, like, are the women in relationship with the men who are in the men's group? No, they're not. Oh, separate groups. At all. Separate groups. Yeah, no, there's no crossover between okay. men and women. So they're all the people that have decided they want to hang on to this relationship with the person, with the pain provider. Yes, with the pain provider. Okay. And so they're, they're, they're all going through the process of learning how to be environment changers 
and they are learning that in their mind. They're changing their mind. Okay. That's what the whole uh, emphasis of the of the whole process is. And so the uh, it starts out with uh, my course is uh, 21 hours of learning, and uh, and they go through that self-paced course, and that grounds them in getting them out of the pinball world and start to move them to the environment changer world. So everybody <laughs> enters the course. They're all very reactionary. They're all pinballs. Sure, sure, sure. They're all afraid. They're all angry. They're all hurt. They're all fearful. They're all worried. They're all anxious, right? And so they're very, very reactionary. And what they were is they were reactors living with reactors. Right. And that's never good. And so, so when a person becomes an environment changer, they're now living with a reactor who reacts to everything. That's what these troubled people are. They're reactors. Mm. And so when the environment changer starts to make the change in the mind, the vibration in the mind starts to change the characters in the world because the vibration is different that that person is giving off. Yeah. It's a completely different vibration. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, the, I, I understand that my, my way of looking at that is systems theory. If one cog in the system changes, everything else in the system changes. That's exactly what the environment changer is doing. Yeah. If I change myself, then my reactor can't react the same to me because I'm not giving the same signals off. And that's what's really miraculous about these people is to see these very, very troubled people who couldn't do anything else but be very troubled start to react to a new vibration Yeah. coming from their environment changer. So and that's very exciting. So are, are these groups in person or are they online or the 21? Um, everybody's on the phone. So I conduct a, a phone call uh, on uh, Wednesdays uh, where I have two women's calls and I have two men's calls on Wednesdays. And, uh, and in that call, uh, then I'm keeping everybody on track and, uh, and we're, everybody's moving in, in the same direction so in people, this learning process. So people can participate with you from far away? Yes. Yeah, around the world. Okay, great. And can people just come in at any point, or does the group have to start all together and stop? No, all? no, there's, there's no group starting. Uh, what it is is that a person enters, and the first thing they have to do is go through that 21-hour uh, learning <laughs> process, and they do that on their own pace. And so as they do that, they're starting to be exposed to the ideas of the environment changer. And the ideas of the environment changer then become – uh, connected to the group. So the women, for example, are starting to support each other so the new women are always being taken care of by the women who've been in the course a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, a, it's an AA principle, right, that works so well. And, uh, and so you've got these people that are being supported when they were all completely alone. They were alone. They had no friends that understood. They had no family that understood. Uh, they felt very, very alone. So now they feel very connected because yeah. they have, you know, yeah. women uh, or men, in the men's case, uh, that really are talking their language and, uh, and helping them understand this new material. Well, they probably wore out their friends and relatives who didn't want to Yes, they did. <laughs> you know, like the friend said, okay, you need to get help. Like, I can't listen to this one more time. That's if exactly the me, statement. If the friend was me, that's what I said. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's get to some practicals. Um, one... How do they get in touch? If Look, if you're listening to this today and you hear this and this is like you've got this red signal going off in your brain going, I got to get in touch with this guy. 
I need this group. I need this group. I need this group. Then I want them to know immediately how they get in touch with you and how they get the 21 hour course that would set them up for the learnings and then set them up to be able to be in a support group with you. So what's the best way? So women, so women go to it only takes one woman.com. That's the beginning of the process of entering the environment changer world. It It only only takes takes one woman.com. And when you start there, uh, you're on the women's path. Is one O N E or one? the Yes. O N E O N E. It only only takes one woman. woman Okay. And And then then the men, is it only takes one man.com. It only takes one man.com. Okay. And that puts the man on the, the path of this environment changer learning process. Very great. All right. So now they've heard how to get in touch with you. Do you want to give us one of your, I don't know what you call them, rules, laws, learning, tips? These are, these are uh, the environment changer principles is what oh, these principles. are. principles. Okay. <laughs> yeah, these are environment changer principles. All right. <laughs> So we're in the ocean of against energy, okay? The first step is to accept that you're in the ocean because what's got to happen is you've got to start to separate yourself from the ocean because when you're in the ocean and connected to the ocean, you're loaded with against energy. You can't do anything about it until you accept you're in the ocean of against energy. And that acceptance is the first move away from the ocean. Okay. So I accept I'm in the ocean of against energy. The second step is the the gratitude step. Gratitude says, I accept I'm in the ocean of against energy and I'm glad because I only learn from pain and this is the pain that teaches me. So now I have gratitude that I'm in the ocean in the second step. And now I separate again from the ocean because the ocean hates acceptance and it hates gratitude (laughs) and doesn't want you doing either of those, right? So as you do them, you separate from the ocean. Now you're moving away from the ocean. The third step is appreciation. And what happens in the appreciation step is you are now asking the appreciation question, what do I love about you? And what is you? You is the person providing the pain. And so you name the top three things you love about this person. And when you do that, you're doing another thing that removes you from the ocean of against energy. Why? Because you're now thinking what the ocean won't allow you to think. What do I love about you? (laughs) The ocean won't let you do that. Can't do it. Right? So you name the top three things that you love about this person, and now away again out of the ocean. And the final step is, uh, is called quantum forgiveness. And quantum forgiveness is not religious forgiveness. Quantum forgiveness is knowing that you are, uh, uh, we are one at the subatomic level. We are all one. Mm-hmm. And so uh, because we are all one, when I forgive you, I forgive myself. Right. And so I'm forgiving you and I'm forgiving myself because we are all connected. And so that's quantum forgiveness. And so the words of quantum forgiveness, uh, you've got to write these down because you'll, you won't remember them. Uh, you are good, pure and innocent, all is forgiven and released. And so when you say those words, you're putting yourself into a completely different energy. So it's so not the ocean. Forgiveness is actually the last step that gets you on the beach where there are no sharks. Mm -hmm. There are no sharks of against energy on the beach. And now you can breathe and now you can relax and now you can feel safe because you've stepped four steps out of the ocean of against energy. And, uh, and you start to see things because in the ocean you're blind. Mm-hmm. 
You're very, very blind. Mm-hmm. And when you're out of the ocean, you start to see. Well, and seeing is gradual. Well, when you're in the ocean, you're blind because when you're in survival, all you see is red. You know the expression, yes. is red? <laughs> That's, That's all. right. You're blinded by red, <laughs> by yes. rage, by fear, by whatever, but it's all survival. So That's the, right. So we, Harry, we, what, a great, we, what a great contribution. It's like you're, you're, deal, you're, not de- you're dealing with age-old things, but you've got a really nice spin on this in a whole new way, in a whole new package, in, a, in an easy way where nobody has to follow any particular path. And there's... Yes religious underpinnings or uh there's no this is the way it's (laughs) (laughs) thank you it's not a religion that's right (laughs) it's refreshing and it's simple and and you know people will find you uh out of the sea of everything they'll find you because uh you you've made this uh accessible and simple to people, and it's. I, I commend you. I think it's great stuff. I mean, Thank I don't. Know, I don't you. know that I would stay. You know, like I keep going. Should I stay or should I? You know, the whole time you're talking, I'm going. Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. You yeah. know, I'm not in a relationship like that. I th- see how I solved it. It's so funny how I solved all this was to get into the love relationship with myself. And then yes, to, exactly right. And to give By the way, help. that's exactly what happens to the environment changers. I get they that. They find out that they can love themselves. Yeah. And that's a, not a fast process. No. But that's where they end up. No. So I found that out through doing Tantra and through uh, practicing, you know, sacred sexuality. I found out that, that whatever I had that I thought was wrong with me was good. Like I could just, I could just accept everything. And when I could accept everything about myself and I didn't have any more angst, then I could finally get into a relationship that's super meaningful. And See, so there's now, the principle right there. Yeah. So now I'm in a relationship where I don't have any conflict. I mean, you know, we, hmm. we might, we might argue over, you know, what time to get together for dinner once in a while, but that's the biggest, <laughs> that's the biggest argument. And, and, you know, we're also past midlife. So, I guess we went through through some crises before, huh. but I think that I solved it by getting to where you're getting these people by myself before I would get in relationship again. And yeah. I, I commend you. I see what you're doing. I think it's awesome. And well, I, I love that you see it, and you've got the wisdom of years to see it with. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and and you know what? Then also, I mean, I I want to say this. Whether they stay or go in their marriages at some point doesn't matter either. Like they get, you know, and then they can stay because why not? You know, once they, once they're at peace with themselves, like they're, they're okay with the world. That's what changes everything. That ends their pinball life. Yeah. I really see. And and begins their environment changer life. I really see. And that, that's a, to be able to change the environment of your mind is a spectacular, a wonderful, uh, just, freeing thing yeah i see that i see that it's great i mean people could actually do this with their parents they could actually do this with their problem children they could actually do this with their yeah. with their body they do it's yeah, exactly like, what ends up happening that's they right can do it with at once they can do it they can they can do it with everybody and it's and it, the distinction here 
is different from turning the other cheek. That's, that's right. We're not, <laughs> we're not turning the other cheek for a second abuse. No. <laughs> no. It's, ex it's exactly right. So I really get it, Larry. Thank you so much for what you're doing in the world. Give us the websites one more time before we end. Because okay, so for women, it only takes one woman dot com. Mm -hmm. And for men, it only takes one man dot com. Wonderful. All right. Well, you my my listeners, you've heard it today. This man is teaching something that's um that some people would put in a spiritual box. They would say this is a high form of spirituality. I listened to some of Tick Not Han last evening, and he was saying the same thing in a different way. He was saying that the solution to this world and the solution to suffering and world peace has to do with saying simple things like, darling, I am here for you. Darling, I know you are there for me. Darling, I see you are suffering. I'm still there for you. Darling, I'm suffering. Can you help me? That's what he talked about, four expressions like that. And Larry, I see what you're doing as darling, I'm there for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you yes. so very much. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Lori. Yeah. Thanks uh, for the opportunity to oh, yeah. share oh, the message. <laughs> really a pleasure. So my listeners, all my listeners out there, I want to tell you to tune in next time when I will have another amazing guest that will have something to do with your sex and your happiness. In this case, uh, today we didn't talk that much about sex, but I think in relationships where there's such a breakdown, there isn't much sex going on until... Not much. <laughs> until somebody gets happy. So, uh, so we talked today more about happiness, and it's all as just as important as you know, one or the other. So please tune in next time when I will have another amazing guest. And this is Lori Handlers signing off for Sex and Happiness. Namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.